Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus podcast. My name is Shane Winnings, and I'm excited to talk about self-love today. Is it wrong? Is it wrong to love yourself? You know, the world is talking about so many things regarding self and what we should be able to do and, you know, all these sayings. You only live one life. Live your best life. You know, it's, it's all about you and do you. And I mean, I know you've heard those before. And so let's talk about this. Is it wrong to love yourself? Because you will hear pastors, preachers, influencers, and everybody else give a different take. There are so many self-love, self-help Christian books on bookshelves, and I think most of them are wrong. And I want to explain about self-love because the Bible condemns lovers of self, but we're also called to love our neighbor as ourself. How is that possible? We're going to get into it. Hey, listen, thank you for listening. We are, I think we're going to be in the top 1% of most shared podcasts again, like we were in 2022, but only if you keep helping us by listening and sharing. So at the end of this episode, I'm going to invite you again, but if this episode speaks to you, hit that copy link or hit that arrow, hit the message button and send it to some friends and family. It's going to make a huge difference. If it's helping you, it's definitely going to help someone else. Check it out. We have Overcomers Kingdom School. It's a discipleship school. It's online this time. It'll be in person next time. It is July 10th through the 14th. The first 24 slots are claimed. You can apply today at shanewinnings.com and find out more info. We're going to get into identity hardcore. We're going to get into the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to activate and equip you to walk boldly in your identity in Christ and in the gifts of the Spirit. So, Go to shanewinnings.com. I've got a new website. Just click on the Kingdom School, or you should see it on the front page, and uh, read about it. Hit that app, uh, application button. Finally, um, we we still need partners. We need 68 more partners at $30 a day. Um, you know, we actually need more than that. We just took a $1,000 a month pay cut um, from uh, a donor having to drop out because of financial reasons. So we, we actually truly need... 98 more partners at a dollar a day. But if you are willing um, to partner with us, you can go to shanewinnings.com and just sign up to be a monthly donor. And then if you want to send me a DM on Instagram, you could follow up so I can get you in the monthly donor Zoom, which will be Sunday night. I'll be sending out emails tomorrow. So if you haven't got one yet, don't worry. You'll get one tomorrow. All right, guys, let's get back to this. Here's what 2 Timothy Three two says. I'm going to go back and forth with these verses, and then we're gonna we're gonna really divide and discern and, and figure out what it means. Second Timothy three two, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, and they're talking about in the last days. But the first thing they say is men will be lovers of themselves. Okay, let's contrast that with Mark 12, 30 through 31. This is the two great commands that we have now in the new covenant. Love the Lord your God with everything inside of you, right? Heart, soul, mind, strength. And verse 31, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus even says that all of the laws of the prophets... And all of the commands hang on this, because love does no harm to a neighbor. So we're called to love our neighbor as ourself, which means that there must be a love of self. 
We're going to get into that. There's some people that are already triggered. And I'm not being mean or rude. I'm saying when you say self-love and Christian, there are people that get triggered and spun up right away and they don't listen to what you're saying. So please listen to what I'm saying because it's probably not what you're thinking. Matthew 16, 24. Jesus, if anyone wants to come after me, let him first deny himself, pick up his cross daily and follow me. Okay, I thought we were just told to love ourselves because we're to love our neighbor as ourselves, but now I need to deny myself. Does this seem confusing to anyone? Well, if it does, it's okay, because we're going to explain the difference between worldly self-love and heavenly self-love. The Bible says that there's two kinds of wisdom. There's earthly or worldly wisdom that is sensual and demonic, and from it come confusion and every evil thing. And then there is heavenly wisdom from above, which is first pure. And so there is a pure motive in this. There is a pure way to love yourself. And I will break it down by saying this. Earthly self-love is truly all about you. Heavenly or Christian self-love is all about God. Okay? Well, how can it be all about God if it's self-love? easy. I am a believer. And in fact, when I had my encounter with God, and many of you know my testimony, God said, you've never lived for me one day in your whole life. And I was very convicted by that, to say the least. It led me to weep, and it cut me so deep. But I gave my life to him, and I realized everything I've ever done was all about me. And so I have now given him my whole life, Now, how do I love myself as someone who has given my life away? Well, first, I have to realize that there are things, whether uh, naturally, like in the flesh, because we are Christians, we are a spirit-led, spirit-filled beings living in a flesh body. We're living in a fallen body, and that's evidenced by the fact that we're all going to pass away. Like, our bodies will decay, and we will pass away. Um, That is just the result of sin in the world, and so our souls can be redeemed, and the Lord has paid the price for our bodies to be healed, but there is also a point uh, for a time for a man to die. Like, we're not going to live forever on the earth in this earth body. We are meant to uh, be glorified by God through Jesus Christ and given a glorified, a heavenly body that does not perish. So while we may be Christians and born again, and be living by the Spirit, and be filled with the Spirit, and have eternal life, our fleshly, earthly tent, as Paul says, is wasting away. And we must understand that that fleshly tent, this fleshly body, has its own desires. And we've talked about this in other episodes, but the flesh and the Spirit, they are, you know, I'm punching my fists together. The flesh and the Spirit are at war with each other. They oppose each other. And the flesh has its own desires. And those desires are all about self, self seeking, self serving, self preservation. And then we have the spirit, which we are called to live by and called to yield to, and we are called to die to our flesh. Okay, here's where I'm going with this. Now that I'm a Christian, I have to understand that my flesh still has these fleshly desires. The enemy can also speak to me and try to entice me and tempt me and 
and um, get me to go along with his plan or, or, or try to rile my flesh up so that I begin to live by the flesh. As a Christian, the best way that I can love myself is by crucifying my flesh and by living by the Spirit. This is Christian self-love right here. The best way you can love yourself is to be obedient to God because you realize that you were created by God for God. Okay? So there is an order to this. Whereas worldly self-love is like, dude, you do whatever you got to do to take care of yourself. That's worldly self-love. Christian self-love, biblical self-love is, I recognize that I have a life that I've been given. And I have to steward this life, like Philippians 1 says, to conduct myself worthy of the gospel of Christ. This is Paul's charge in Philippians 1. Conduct yourselves worthy of the gospel of Christ. So to love myself means that I recognize this life is not my own, but I am the steward of my life and of my heart. And as the steward of my life, the best thing I can do is to listen to the one who gave me life. Are you with me? The best way a Christian can love themselves is by being obedient to the one who gave them life in the first place. Jesus says that I have come to bring life and life more abundantly. And he says that, Uh, Whoever tries to keep and save his own life will lose it, but whoever loses it for his sake will find it. So to love myself, I actually have a choice. It's amazing. I'm not a robot. I've been given free will. I've been given a choice. To love myself is to actually deny myself, my flesh, my, my desires that are in opposition to God. The world would say, hey, do whatever you want. Man, you want this? Go get it. You deserve it. Do the, Does this make you feel good? Do whatever makes you feel good. If you did whatever made you feel good, you would probably be sinning 99.9% of the time. I would argue that most of the things that you want to do that make you feel good are not they're not biblical. And I and I'm speaking in a worldly sense here because clearly us as Christians, um we don't want to do anything that is in opposition to God's word. Now, clearly, everyone is tempted and everyone is tried, but but a, a true Christian does not want to give in to sin. A true Christian does not want to sin. I mean, do you, do you relate to that at all? Because before I was born again, I didn't. I didn't really care. If I sinned, I didn't even see it as a big deal. But now, as a born-again believer... I have a relationship with God, and when I miss it, it it hurts. When I say something I shouldn't, or when I, when I whatever, when I'm you know I have pride in my heart, or and I and I don't take it captive, or or when I allow myself to be um, in fear or in whatever, whenever I sin, I hate it. I don't want it. So. There's a big difference here, and this is maybe what we need to sort out first, is where do you fall? Because if you can treat yourself 
and the things you're treating yourself to are in opposition to God, then I would wonder who has your heart. I would wonder, have you been made new? And that's not for me to judge, that's you to ask yourself. So we come back to this idea of self-love. A Christian wants to do what is best for them, and they recognize that what's best for them is following God and listening to Him. Why? Because He's a perfect Father, and because He said so, and we trust our Dad. Because He's our Creator, He's the one who authored life, He's the one who made everything, and so we trust His uh, vision, His purpose for our lives. We trust His uh, cautions and warnings and disciplines and chastenings and rebukes. We trust all of that, and we believe it's for our good. And so there is nothing within us that wants to disobey. Again, we have a flesh that we are warring against, and we've been given every tool we need to overcome that flesh. And if your flesh is rising up, maybe it's time for a fast. You need to crucify that thing. You can't cast out the flesh, and you can't crucify a demon. You have to get these things under control. And uh, if it's a matter of demonic oppression, not possession, because a Christian cannot be possessed by a demon. You are possessed, purchased, bought, and sealed for the day of redemption by God through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to you as a deposit, as a guarantee for the day of your salvation. That is biblical. Can you be bothered by demons? Absolutely you can. So it's important to understand where you're at. But you might just have a case of your flesh having too much of a voice, and you need to crucify that thing. You need to fast, you need to pray, you need to deny yourself. That is actually how you can love yourself. Do you see how this all ties in? Let, let, me, let me put it this way. Say that you have an eating problem, okay? You're a, you're a born-again Christian, and you have a problem with food. Like, you have, a, you have a sweet tooth, but it's like, it actually drives you. It's not just like, you know, you like dessert. It's like, you've got to have it, and you're at the mercy of this thing. It almost feels like you don't have control and it's going to affect your health, it might be affecting your weight, and overall, a Christian, we shouldn't be ruled by anything except submitting ourselves to the one ruler who deserves to rule over everything, and who does, and that is God. But maybe you're being ruled by your sweet tooth, okay? The best way you can love yourself is to recognize that that thing is destroying you. So to love yourself means you need to deny what your flesh wants. You need to crucify your flesh. You need to probably go on a fast or something. You need to pray. You need to get your mind right, and you need to deny yourself of what your flesh says that it wants. When maybe the world would try to justify why you don't need to uh, do that. Hey, you want it, you earned it, you deserve it, whatever. Christian self-love is, what would God want for my life? That's how I can best love myself. That's how I can have the best possible life, is to be fully surrendered to God. Is this making sense? Christian self-love has nothing to do with self, actually. It's, it's funny, but I, I, you know, I almost have to say self-love so that people will pay attention. Because the biblical self-love is a full denial of self, so that God can have his entire way with you that he can just absolutely have his way with no interruptions by you. 
The best way a Christian can love themselves is by laying their entire life down for Jesus and letting him wear you like a glove and use you like an empty vessel that he can abide in and just use to do anything he wants. Have you heard the phrase, uh, be the hands and feet? Okay, you're the hands and feet. The hands and feet don't tell the body what to do. The body tells the hands and feet what to do. That means you're not the head, you're not the brain, you're not the heart, you're not the blood, you're not the organs. You are instruments, you are tools, you are vessels. So let's be the hands and feet, and to truly love ourselves, we allow God to do all of that in our lives. Is this making sense? So if you really want to love yourself, and you want to understand, well, how can I love my neighbor as myself? Okay, this is kind of a different concept, because... Self-love in regards to your life alone means full denial of self, surrendered 100% to God. Now, it's like the golden rule, basically, when you're looking at uh, how to love your neighbor. Well, I mean, to in order to understand how to love your neighbor, you have to understand how God loves you. A lot of times people can't truly show love because they don't understand the love that's been given to them. They have a problem receiving love. It wasn't until I truly understand the love of God for me that I could love others. Because in order for me to love you, I need to understand how loved I am. And how loved are we? Well, I am so loved that the God of the universe would send his only son to die on a cross, and, and I mean all of that, all of what that entails, the beating, the blood that was shed, the body that was torn, he did that for me. When I didn't deserve it, I certainly didn't deserve I actually deserved hell and death and the grave for eternity and torment. I deserved that because the wages of sin is death, and that is what I should have earned. But by the grace of God and by his mercy and by his blood shed for us and his body that was torn and him becoming sin who knew no sin, by him paying that price for me on the cross, I see how valuable I am to him. And that on my worst day, he never lost sight of who I was. He just loved me. And he proved his love by doing what he did on the cross. And when I have this revelation of, oh my gosh, I am that loved. Then I can have this revelation right here. Oh my gosh, I'm that loved. Oh my gosh, everyone is that loved. And because I've been shown that much grace and mercy, I need to now show that grace and mercy and love for every human. I now need to not lose sight of others, even on their worst day, and remember how valuable they are to God. When others are acting out, when others are acting up, whatever, I need to remember that Jesus paid the same price for them as he paid for me. And now I can love my neighbor as myself because I've had a self-revelation of God's love for me, and I recognize that they are exactly the same, and they deserve the same treatment that I would want. Is this making sense? And, and of course, there's, you know, the golden rule, which makes things pretty easy. Do unto others what you would have them do unto you. 
So there's this practical sense of like, as we're navigating life, you know, how do you want to be treated? Well, that's how you should treat others. If you don't want to be yelled at, you shouldn't yell at others. But even that is not a wonderful, um, it's not, it's sorry, the, the lawn guy showed up, but it sounded like someone had crashed into my car or something. That isn't always, that's not enough because there are people who say, well, I don't, I don't really care how you talk to me. I have thick skin. And so they will in turn dish that out. I have thick skin. You should have thick skin. It actually goes much deeper than just do unto others as you would have them do unto you. There's a greater revelation. And the revelation is how loved are you by God? How well have you been treated by God? Okay. Give that to everyone that you meet. Is this making sense? And it comes from a place of realizing the love of God for you. I hope this is helping someone. Look, this self-love thing is not this worldly, demonic, like, this Christian biblical self-love is simply a life of thankfulness to God. Let me put it this way. The Bible says if a man doesn't love his wife, then he really actually doesn't even love himself. He hates himself. So if you hate yourself, there's no way you can truly love other people. But when I love myself, it's not like life's all about me and I'm just taking care of me. No, I see my life as this, you know, people say life is a gift. I don't believe that. Life is a loan because a gift has no strings attached. And when you're given life, you are instantly in desperate need of a savior. So it's not just a gift because a gift is amazing. Um, you can you can live it up on this earth and when you die, you have to pay for your own sins and no one can afford that payment. I like to believe that life is a loan. You see, the creator of life has loaned you a life. It's just like the parable of the talents when he gives out some talents and, he, and some, some money to three different people and he wants to see what they're going to do with it. And he's angry at the person who did nothing with it. Well, God has loaned you this life that you have. What are you doing with it? You see, because if life is a loan, then I realize that that this life is going to have to be paid back one day. Now, Jesus has already paid my debt because when you get a when you get like a car loan, say you buy a car for $20,000, you are instantly in debt. And that debt has to be paid. Well, the gospel seems to point out that this life is a loan and the debt that is owed, you'll never be able to pay on your own. But Jesus came and he paid that loan for you, but the only way to receive that payment is to give your whole life to him. And then he will swallow up your payment. And he'll actually, you know, give you eternal life. I mean, there's so much more to it. But this life is a loan. And so... I owe it all to Jesus because he paid it all for me. Now, if I want to destroy myself, then I will live out of alignment with God's word. Remember, he's my creator. He's my father. He has listed it out in his word, the way that I should live and conduct myself and the things that I should avoid. There's even commands in there, not just suggestions. There's commands. If I want to destroy myself, I will go against God's word and I will do whatever I want. If I want to love myself, 
I will recognize this life has been granted to me. It has been loaned to me, and now I owe it all to Jesus. And the best way to love my own life is to give it away, is to surrender, is to be fully obedient, is to do anything God asks. That is the best way for my life to be used for his glory. So if you want to quote-unquote love yourself, you'll give yourself away to God. If you want to hate yourself, you'll do whatever you want, whenever you want. You'll be disobedient. You won't follow God. You won't love him. You won't follow his word. And there will be a everlasting torment as a result of that. If you really want to love yourself, give yourself away to the one who paid it all. Is this making sense? Guys, this is so easy. It, it takes the pressure off you to like, you know, and there's a whole other side of this of like, well, what about practically like, you know, I'm not being loved in a relationship and how do I love myself? That is, that's a whole different topic. And we can get to that at some point. But right now, we're simply talking about what true biblical self-love is. If you want to love yourself, you'll realize that the definition of love is God. And you'll follow God. You'll give your life to him fully so that he can live in you. Then you'll understand what Paul said when he says, It is no longer I who lives, but Christ in me, the hope of glory. So we must die so that Christ can live and our lives will be filled with love. Amen. Hey, listen, I hope this helps. If it did, please uh, forward it to someone else. And we will be back tomorrow with the last uh, episode of the Singleness Series, Part 3, we're going to get into should you even get married in the first place. And I think it's going to be an interesting episode. So make sure you follow, subscribe, turn on the bell, notifications, all that stuff. And we will see you tomorrow.